Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A word of warning, this podcast contains discussions that some listeners may find distressing or triggering. Please use your discretion. Hello and welcome to Reclaim Me. My name is Madeline Heather and today I am joined by Michael Unbroken who's coming to us from the States, I believe. Welcome, Michael. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. You and I have been connected for a while now. I've been following you for a couple of years. Um, I have bought your book. I was just telling you that I was reading your book last year from Bondi Beach um, and it's an amazing thing. You are many things, but I don't want to take the spotlight. Do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, and uh, thank you for reading the book. That means the world to me. Um, I'm actually glad that I actually made it to Australia because you never know. Sometimes people are like, it might have taken eight months to get there. Um, so I'm an author, speaker, coach, podcast host, and I work with adult survivors of childhood trauma. And I've been more than incredibly fortunate enough to have been able to coach thousands of people around the world. And my mission, my goal, my everything is about uh, giving people the tools to do the thing that is most difficult in the world. And that is learning to love ourselves and become the hero of our own story. It is really fitting. And I thought I would just read this one section of the book that that you wrote about the vortex. And this was something that I thought was really, it just powerfully hit me. And it's the first sentence of this chapter. And it says, the vortex is a cataclysm that our lives become when we let our stories own us instead of owning our stories. And that was a point that really hit me. I think I was entering into some really unhealthy behaviors and I was consistently going back to these behaviors instead of really addressing the root cause of the problem. And I remember having this moment on the beach reading that going like, okay, I think I need to do some things now. I need to to show up for myself. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad you took it from that, took that from it. I mean, like ultimately you know, as difficult as it is, the the most important thing that we can do as as people have survived traumatic experiences is to 
a bring attention to our current behavior and and b not only make meaning of it but when you have that meaning do something about it like that's that's the thing about it is you know you're in this position in life where you can create the life that you want to have but ultimately it's going to require you literally creating the life that you want to have and there's there's this really unfortunate misconception that people are like, oh yeah, I'll go to therapy. I'll read a book. I'll be good. It does not work that way. I promise you. And and one of the things I teach my clients all the time is like, when you come into coaching with me, like you're signing up for the rest of your life, because I'll tell you well over a decade into my own healing journey, it's a consummate battle. Every single day I'm going to war with my past. Every single day I'm showing up every single day. I'm asking who am I? How do I want to be? How do I have to show up today to be of service to my people, to reach my goals, to reach my mission, to leave an impact and change in the world? And and it always starts with me asking myself, who do I need to be? One of the things I do when I literally the first thing I do every single day, like it doesn't matter where I am in the world, no bullshit. I put my feet on the ground and I say, I am in control of my life. And that's the thing about that, like the, the, the abuse, the pain, the suffering, the shame, the guilt, the, all the things that come from our experiences put us in this position in which we don't show up for ourselves, right? And when we're young, what people don't understand about trauma that I think is incredibly important is that trauma is not the abuse. It's not the pain. It's not even the, the, the scars, right? I mean, I carry this finger my mother cut off when I was four years old. That's not even the thing. The thing that trauma is, and again, this is my opinion, trauma is your identity being stolen because you're told you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve this. And then you turn yourself off. You stop being you. The most dangerous thing I could do as a kid was have an opinion. The fastest way for me to get my face smashed into a wall was to voice a need. And so you learn because think about this. What is your brain's purpose? Your brain has one purpose. That's it. One survival. It doesn't care about your dreams. It doesn't care about your ambitions. It doesn't care about what you're wearing. Your brain cares about you surviving. And so what happens is because the brain is so plastic and malleable and adaptive to the situations that we're put in, it looks at the experiences that you've had and it says, okay, I'm either going to do that or not going to do that based on the result that happened to the thing that I did. And when you look at what happens through abuse as a child, you know, many of us in abusive households come from this children are to be seen, not heard. And if you're seen or heard, you're going to get fucked up. And so you learn how to stop showing up for yourself. Why? Because it's a survival mechanism. Because asking for your wants, needs, or interests, putting yourself out there can result in ramifications. And so if the brain's job is to survive, which it is, then the thing that it wants to do is keep you from stepping into who you are because when you do, your learned experience is pain. And so you get to this place where you recognize in life that serves you for a period. I know that sounds crazy, but it does because it keeps you safe in your home, in school, in whatever environment that you are in. And then what happens? You're 22, 48, 73 years old, and that doesn't serve you anymore. And you have the hardest time in the world showing up for yourself 
But why? Think about this. It's causation and correlation. There's a reason why you don't show up for yourself because every time you have up until this moment, there's been suffering. And if the brain says, I don't want to suffer, you're not going to do the thing, meaning doing what you need to do to have the life that you want to have. We thrive as trauma survivors in chaos. You know, you go ask a lot of people who've been through some dark shit. They're always going to be like, man, I love when my back's against the wall. I love when it's crazy. I always can come through. And when it's at peace, they don't know what to do with themselves. And what happens is what you have to realize is when you're moving into this place of showing up for yourself in your life, where you're in these limiting behaviors, where you're not doing the things that you need to do, where you're bringing attention to it, the most important thing that you can understand about those moments is to do the opposite of all the things you've been doing that have been hindering you actually creates uncertainty. And uncertainty is scary. See, certainty around behaviors that destroy your life, that's easy. I got that on wrap. I promise you, I've done that a million times. Being willing to face the fear of uncertainty while recognizing simultaneously that your brain wants to hinder you from doing that because of danger is the way you progress through that. So when you get in this place and you're talking about this idea of the vortex being this accumulation of the experiences of your life where you're stuck and not showing up for yourself, there's causation in that. One of the reasons I didn't go this deep in the book is because it's far too complicated in its initial 101, right? In the next books, and as I go deeper, it's something that I'm teaching more people, but up front at face value... The vortex is that place that you exist in because of your experiences leading up to this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a great way to put it. I think so many people are going to really connect with that because I, you know, and it's funny that you gave that example because I was literally with my parents and my sister last night and I said, you know, work's been crazy at the moment, but I thrive in chaos. I literally said that to them. And it is, but there are also, as you're saying that, I'm taking away from a lot of the survivors that I speak to every day who consider themselves to be, you know, too empathetic or things like that. And they're going down the path of least resistance in many cases. And I think that is an initial way to look at things that challenges your perception about what makes you happy and what you do and why you do it and gives you a tool to say, now challenge that, just do the opposite. That's an amazing technique, I think. Well, and look, and you've got to be willing to face the reality that you don't know what's on the other side of being who you are because you've never been it before. You're, you're doing this for the first time and people get caught up in the worried about the what if and building the roadmap and trying to figure out where they're going to land. And, and my thought has always been, well, commit first, do the thing first and then see what happens on the backside because you have no idea yet. You've never done this before, right? The, 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 the experience of life that comes to you from all of the things that happen in real time today, they're all based on historical data. So you already know what happens if you go to the bar and get drunk at 2 a.m. You know what happens if you cheat on your husband. You know what happens if you don't show up to work on time because you got stoned in the morning. Like, you know what happens. You've been there. You've done that. The fear of the unknown is what keeps people trapped in the behavioral patterns because they're not yet in this place where they've given themselves permission to fail. You see, the thing that I know is probably my greatest superpower. I'm okay being embarrassed publicly. 
I don't care. I literally don't. And so because of that, it's given me this really innate ability to be willing to be a failure. But I take from that something that most people don't. Whereas most people fail and get crippled by it, I fail and I go, oh, cool, I learned something. Now I know something different about myself. I know that I don't like this or I do like that. Or if I show up in this context with my team, with my clients, with my friends, with my partners, it comes out this way. But ultimately, it all started with just the willingness to step through the discomfort of trying different things to figure out who I am. And and that's the thing I think if people can carry and take away from this conversation that on the backside of their willingness to face the unknown, that's where they're going to discover who they are. Absolutely. And you're speaking from personal experience as well. And I, I took out of reading your book and from following you for a long time that this isn't just an epiphany for you that's happened. You know, you've gone through traumatic experiences and you've worked your absolute ass off to continue to show up for yourself and fight for yourself every day and to to try and change the outcomes of the life that you were living to who you are now. Do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about what your journey in that has been like and, and what you had to go through and then ultimately overcome? Yeah, 100%. And I think context is everything. So it's a great question. When I was four years old, uh, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, she actually cut off my right index finger. And people always be like, well, how could your mom do that? And I'm like, well, my mother was perpetrating the continuation of trauma, right? Hurt people, hurt people. And she married my stepfather when I was six. He was super abusive. The kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather. He'd kick the shit out of my brothers and I put me in the hospital a couple of times. I spent the majority of my childhood homeless and deeply in poverty. And in fact, I lived with 33 zero different families between eight to 12 years old, getting tossed around place to place to place. My mom's in rehab. My stepdad's an over the road trucker. I never know where I'm going to be at. We're always getting evicted. We're living with people in church. We're living with strangers. We're living with family members. It's just always chaotic. And when I was 12, my, my grandmother adopted me. And you think that'd be a godsend, but you know I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandma's super old, racist-ass lady from a town you never heard of in middle America, Tennessee. And so I had to really step into recognizing that I had an identity crisis. I wasn't allowed to be me. Even though I was in a safe space, to an extent, I couldn't be me. And I got high for the first time when I was 12, drunk when I was 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I was running from the cops, getting shot at, stealing cars, breaking into houses and hurting people. I was just doing what I thought you did to survive. And I had brotherhood in that. I was with friends who loved me and cared about me and had my back and we went to war, right? And luckily I got put into a last chance program. And in this last chance program, I started learning some skills about the real life, how to you know, write a resume, how to make a cover letter, how to do interviews, things like that. Well, in that time frame, I actually had put a restraining order against my mother. And I had told her, you're not allowed to talk to me. Don't be near me. Don't come around. And you can literally say I posted my report card on the on, on social not that long ago where it was I had straight Fs and then put a restraining order on my mom, had straight A's, captain of the wrestling team, on the football team, dating a cheerleader, like things are looking up. And then when I was 18, my mother had come out of rehab and my grandmother had allowed her to move back in. 
and what I understand now makes perfect sense to me. But at 18, I had no clue that the moment my mom moved back in, she would be so triggered by living with her mother, my grandmother again, that she would again, even after going through all of this with sobriety, turn to drugs and alcohol. And so she did that. Next thing you know, we're finding liters of, of tequila and vodka everywhere, hidden pill bottles. She was right back to where she was. And you can simultaneously watch that and my grades fall. And next thing you know, I'm back to straight Fs. I end up graduating high school only after having to go to summer school. My senior year, I go to this teacher and I'll never forget him until the day I die. And the graduation list had just get gotten posted. And so my girlfriend calls me, I'm at home, I'm stoned, I'm playing video games. She's like, oh, by the way, you're not graduating. I hope you're happy. And so I get in my car, I drive to school and I go and I find the, t- I already knew, Madeline, I already knew. And I got to school, I go upstairs and he's there. And I'm like, I cannot believe you failed me. I'm like, I rate. And he goes, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And in that, he says, what you need to understand about life is that you cannot get by on your charms and your good looks. If you want something, you have to earn it. And I was pissed. Like, I was so fucking mad. And and it made sense to me sometime later. And what it was is he was standing up for me. He was the first adult that actually cared about what was happening in my life. And so I go to summer school and this teacher's like, we're just going to pass you. We're tired of you, whatever. They literally hand me the diploma. There's no reason I should have ever graduated high school. He's just like, here, you're out. And so I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my life. I'm 18. I can't get into the military because I hurt myself in in high school wrestling. And I'm trying to figure out like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I, it hit me one day. I'll never know where this came from. But I was like, what's the solution for poverty? What's the solution for homelessness? What's the solution for abuse? I was like, oh, it's money. That's got to be it, right? That's got to be. And so I made a declaration to myself. By the time I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And that part was super important. The legal part, I have family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs. And as of today... My three childhood best friends have been murdered. Wow. Like I knew where I was heading. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen. And so I made that declaration and I started learning skills. And next thing you know, fast forward a couple years, I'm 20 heading into 21. And I got a job with a fortune 10 company, no high school diploma, no college education. And I started making a hundred thousand dollars a year. i started making more than that. And then that thing happened to me that happens to people that have never had money before, and it destroyed my life. And I found myself heading into 26 years old at 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend, not taking care of myself, my community, my family, my friends. And that's what I put a gun in my mouth. I was done. I was like, this money was supposed to solve everything. Yeah. And it didn't. And the next day I'm laying in bed and keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the CrossFit games. 
Like, if that's not rock bottom, I have no idea what is. And for whatever reason, I got up and I went and I looked at myself in the mirror in the bathroom. And I did not recognize this, like, jaundiced, fat face. I didn't. I never looked at myself before that moment. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, looking at myself. Yeah. And I remembered being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned our water off. Now, keep in mind, I grew up in America. And we were so poor, they turned our water off. They turned off our electricity. They turned off our heat in the winter. We were always getting evicted. And that day, when he came and turned the water off, I went in the backyard and I got this little blue bucket. And I walked across the street to the neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown up, this will not be my life. And to some extent, it wasn't because I had money and I was good there, but I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And as I looked at myself in the mirror, I realized something. I broke a promise to myself and I asked myself this question. I said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And what that meant, like what that really meant was that I was no longer going to put up with my own bullshit. You see, I'm not culpable for all of those things that happened to me as a kid. That is not my fault. But at 26 years old, choosing and making decisions to destroy my life, that's on me. That is not on anybody else. And when I made that declaration, it meant that I was going to do whatever it took. And 11 years later, here I am talking to you. And in that process, it was a tremendous amount of work, financial investment, time investment. It was therapy, group therapy, men's group therapy, men's group trauma therapy, CBT, EMDR, NLP, all the acronyms, going to anonymous groups, going to personal development conferences, going and reading the books, getting a coach, learning, investing in myself. I have over 30 trauma-informed education certifications, right? It was putting myself in a position to put myself first. It was learning how to eat, learning how to exercise and move my body, not smoking, not drinking myself to sleep, leaving toxic relationships and toxic friendships. It was betting on myself. And today, because of those choices and a lot of other things along the way, like I never thought I was going to be sitting here having this conversation with you. That wasn't a part of my fucking plan, right? What happened was I made a decision. I'm going to share the information I'm learning. My hope was maybe my brothers will read this. And today I've been fortunate enough to coach hundreds of thousands of people around the world through my books, through the podcast, through the education, through everything that I've done for one purpose, because I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime. And I know that's impractical. I know it sounds impossible. I know it's far-fetched. Motherfuckers call me crazy, but that ain't going to stop me. And I love the way that you, you're so passionate about it, but you're fighting for this thing that you have experience in and you've made the sacrifices while you're doing that. And I think one of the things that I really took away from what you just said was like removing these toxic friendships and removing things like that as well, because you cannot live and thrive and grow in a 
in an area and an environment that is abusive or toxic or harmful to you, you have to create the environment around yourself as well. And that's one of the things that I found key in my own journey as well. As I, you know, sat down, as I said last night with my parents and we're having this conversation, you know, all of the people my age are buying houses and blah, blah, blah. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have enough money saved. And they're like, just move back in with us. See if you can save some money. And I am hugely lucky to have that as an option. But I have so much trauma associated with that relationship and with that household. I know that I'm never, ever going to be able to become who I need to become without cutting that off to some degree. I can still go and see them. I can still have a family in that sense for me. But I cannot do that because you cannot get to a point where you're fighting for yourself when you're stuck in an environment that is limiting what you can become. And I think that's really great. You've you've shown up for yourself so many times. You've cut that relationship with your mother where you've, and you, as you said, you saw your grades go up, you know, where you've gone, no, you know what, I'm going to get a restraining order. And then you've shown up for yourself again and said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But it's not a one-stop decision. It's not just, okay, if I, as you said in the intro, I'm just going to read this book and go to therapy one time and then I'll be fixed. Hallelujah. As I walk away, thank fucking God. But you're sitting there going, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. And I'm going to keep showing up for myself and I'm going to keep educating myself because this isn't going to stop. This is going to be something I need to do continually to grow into the person that I want to become every day. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I, I really think that's, that's how this works is you, you've got to be willing to, I think about it like this. You're, you're faced with this decision of who it is that you want to be every single moment of every single day. And until you die, you're going to be faced with that decision every single moment of every single day. So decide on who you want to be. Decide on how you want to show up in the world. Make a decision about your life. And sometimes those decisions are incredibly difficult. I put a restraining order on my mother, which then led to me telling her when I'm 18 years old, I will never talk to you again. I knew what was going to happen if I stayed in that relationship. And until the day she died, I think I only saw her like twice. I told my grandmother, I'm done. I'm out. I don't want to talk to you. You're racist. You're mean. You're, you're unkind. You never wanted to do the work. You belittle people. I'm out. I've done that with friendships because I look at my life and I go, what are these people doing for me? Because if they're not helping rise me, then they're pulling me down and that does not work for me. And so because of that, look, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. And this is hard for people to hear. I am very, very quick to take people out of my life. I don't need third, fourth, fifth chances. If you disrespect me, I'll talk to you about it. You do it again. I'm out. Because guess what? If you won't listen the first time, you're not going to listen the 37th time. And people are so uncomfortable about taking people out of their life, especially family. I got family members I'll never talk to again, ever, for any reason. There's no reason. And look, we're born into our families. We don't ever get to choose that, but we get to choose the relationships that we have. You know, my one of the things that's really fascinating, I look at my core group of friends, these like four people, they're everything. They're everything to me. And, and that comes from honesty and trust and communication and respect. You know, if I'm in a relationship and I'm not respected, I'm out. Friendship, career, business, 
intimate, does not matter. Respect is everything. Because the one truth I know about myself, if I'm disrespected enough, I'm going to disrespect in return. It's just my nature. And so it's easier for me, instead of bending my moral character because you can't show up in an intimate, vulnerable, and respectful way, I'm removing you. But look, you have to have massive clarity. Like I'm laying out a framework here for how I assess this. Most people are like, oh, that person was mean to me one time. Okay, so what does that actually mean, right? Sometimes it's inadvertent. Sometimes it's a collision of values. Sometimes it's just simply you're not on the same page in communication. There's a lot of variables that have to be run through. And so the one thing I always say, like removing my mother from my life, my grandmother, my stepfather, my people who I've been in contact with over the years, best friends, partners, business associates, those decisions are always incredibly difficult. A lot of times it sucks. Like telling your mom you're never going to talk to her again is fucking incredibly hard. But I promise you, I swear to you, I would not be here talking to you had I not made that decision. And that's the thing that people have to hold on to. The truth of the reality that the decisions you make today are going to impact you in 17 years. That's how long it's been. Actually, it's 18 years. That's how long it's been since I had that conversation with her. I would not be here talking to you without that. And this idea that they're your family no matter what, fuck that. That is not okay. Because like, look, the truth is the reality is that, you know, when you look at your life and you ask yourself, what kind of life do I want to have? The words, I want to be abused, I want to be disrespected, I want to be hurt, I want to be shamed, I want to be guilted, I want to be enmeshed, I want to be groomed. None of those words are in my future. I don't want any of that shit. And so in that, the decisions that you make, yes, in this moment are incredibly difficult, but you have to trust your heart that you're making the right choice. You know, I always ask people, are you making that decision in your brain or in your heart? Because if you're making it in your brain, you're wrong 100% of the time. Why? Again, the brain only cares about survival. Your heart's never wrong. Your gut's never wrong. You're in here. You're in that body. You meditated on it. You journaled on it. You thought about it. You went through it. You got real. And look, I'll tell you this. Don't ask your fucking friends what you should do. Don't Don't even ask your therapist what you should do. Make a decision. Because they don't live your life for you. They don't live for you. They don't love for you. They don't breathe for you. They don't act for you. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to consult my psychic. Shut up. Make a decision about your life. Choose it for you. Here's why. I'm going to tell you, and this is really important. Remember what I told you about this idea that identity is stolen in trauma? The only way you get your identity back is you make decisions for yourself. And that's terrifying for people. It was terrifying for me. One of the things that I know to be true about healing is this. If you can wrap your head around this, your life will be different. Now, if you're hearing it for the first time, you're going to think I'm an asshole. I'm okay with that. I'm going to say it anyway. I only do what I want to do. And I never do what I don't want to do. Why? Think about this. We grew up learning to appease people. We grew up learning to bend who we are for safety. We learned to put ourselves in this position where we come last, not even second, last. It's crazy to me how many men I coach who don't know how to say no. 
It's crazy to me how many women I coach who don't know how to say yes because of what they want, not because of what you want. And the greatest part of healing is that moment when you recognize that you're living life on your terms. So make a decision about your life, about all aspects about it, especially about the people in it. Because as you grow, here's what's funny. There's people listening to this podcast right now. There's people who will read these books, who will go to conferences, who do personal development, who have a therapist, who still are in contact with the people destroying their lives, who are still in contact with the mother who belittled them to the point that they're terrified to speak their mind. You've got to be willing to stand up for yourself. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because nobody's going to do it for you. The greatest lesson I've ever learned, I was eight years old. I'll never forget this. I'm like eight years old. I'm laying in bed. I'm like crying myself to sleep again because my stepdad done beat the shit out of me. And I'm sitting here and I'm praying to God at the moment because I'm like fucking anybody. I don't care something. And I'm like, please send my real dad to come and save me. He never came. I've never met him. And the greatest lesson I've ever learned came from that moment. And this holds true whether you had great parents or not, whether you had great community or not, whether you had the most perfect childhood or not. This is the truth about life nobody's coming to save you. There ain't no Disney moment. And whatever that thing is that you're hoping and wishing and looking upon a star for is not going to happen. 
You're going to have to take your life into your own hands. Say, this is what I want. Get massive clarity about it. Make decisions about it. Create huge action. Be patient because it's going to take you longer than you think and do it, period. Because if you don't, nothing about your life is going to be different. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's been your experience with this or not, but in my own personal experience, getting the initial boundaries that I needed to create, getting the initial clarity, showing up for myself in the very beginning, that was the hardest work that I've ever done. And I've done the same things where I've moved, you know, the place that I live in and I've changed my environment completely and I've completely removed whole groups of friends that were not adding to me, that were only ever making me feel like shit about myself. As I've gotten older and as I've worked on myself and gotten through this, having the clarity of what my boundaries are and what I will accept and what I won't accept, having the clarity in knowing what I can do for myself and how I can show up, it's getting easier and I'm getting better at it. I'm coaching myself in a way that I... I'm learning and it's taken a long time, but where I am learning as well now, and I'm sure that you've had this experience too, even with different therapy types and different techniques, I'm learning how to preempt what's happening to me and be able to get better at preventing things from getting to a stage where I'm in a spiral or I'm drinking or I'm in any of those stages because you've done that upfront work. And I think it's so hard for so many trauma survivors to t- take that step back to actually have that moment, as you said before, where you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at yourself and you go, what am I going to do now? That's the hardest part is just getting started. But once you get over that first hill, I'm not going to say it's fucking smooth sailing from there because it's not, but I feel like that initial phase for me was definitely the hardest to stick to. And then as soon as I got that clarity, this new person, this new me, this this version of myself has respect for myself in a way that I never did before. And that respect for myself has given me these incredible boundaries and clarity that I can show up for myself easier each and every time. I mean, yes, that's my experience as well. Think about this. It was hard in the beginning because you never did it before. Mm. You never respected yourself enough to do it because you were only told that you're not good enough to do it right? I'm, I'm not therapying you. Let's be very clear. I'm just saying that's a generality. Yeah. That was my experience. I was like, well, why would I take care of myself? Nobody's ever taken care of me. Why would I pay my bills on time? Nobody ever helped me when I was poor. You know, shit like that, right? You get in your head about it. And so when you make that decision and you're like, oh, I'm actually going to do this thing where I give a damn about myself, this is the first time you've ever done it, right? It's the human experience. And so it's clunky, right? The, the first time you've ever done anything, you sucked at it. You did. You've never been proficient at anything the first time you did it. And especially not at life and especially not at life in which you come from a trauma background in which you were never allowed to figure shit out, which you should have figured out when you were six years old. And so now you're in this position where you're 18, 25, 30, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. One of my oldest clients, they're 72 years old. They've never done this before. So it's difficult as hell. And in that, one of the really great things about it is you start to create momentum. See, the reason why it's easier today is because you've created momentum. Yeah, totally. Look, I mean, momentum's everything, right? Because eventually what you're doing is you're building upon experiences. And so you're effectively reframing all of the past experiences that you've had and inputting new data. Think about it like this. It's like software upgrades, right? What happens when a computer company releases a new program, 
Well, initially it comes out in a certain way and then they test it in the market for a while. And then the market goes, oh, all these things are screwed up and it doesn't work. Like, And then what happens is they go, okay, cool. There's a bug in that. We're going to fix it. And then we're going to update the software and then that thing won't happen again. That's the same thing about momentum that starts to happen in the healing journey because over time you start to replace those old ideations about who it is that you are, what you're capable of doing, and who it is that you want to be with these new understandings based through doing things that make you incredibly uncomfortable that are difficult. Because ultimately the only way that you're going to build momentum in your life to build confidence, to build self-esteem, to build yourself to the place where you give a damn about yourself and you care about yourself in the world and you show up and hold true to your bound. People all the time will set boundaries and just let them get destroyed all the time. The only way you're going to set boundaries and see them through is by holding boundaries first with yourself. See, people always think like, oh, I'm going to build my life. I'm going to create momentum. I'm going to make change happen by making other people bend to me. It doesn't work that way. You have to first start with yourself because when you do that, you hold yourself accountable. You commit. You do the things you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do them. I think about this all the time. It was one of the things I teach my clients. How will anyone trust your commitment to them if you aren't trusting the commitment you make to yourself? It's too hard. I'm too tired. Tomorrow, after this episode, no. Here's the thing what I want you to understand. If you can change your relationship with time and death, you will change the way that you move in the world because everybody's out here operating like they still get tomorrow. I might not even get to finish this sentence. Like it could be over right now. And people are always in this position. And if I did die right now, put this episode out because it'll prove my point because I want people to understand something. Tomorrow is not a promise and it's not a guarantee. And yes, there's a lot of hard work from where you are to where you want to go, but how bad do you want it? Do you want the life or not? Because if you don't, you don't get to complain. Like if you don't want to put in the work, if you're not willing to invest yourself, if you're not willing to get a coach and read the books and listen to the podcast and go to the seminar and show up and go to the gym and learn how to eat and take care of yourself and hold your boundaries, figure out your values, identify your wants, needs, and interests, and do all the things that are required for you to get into a position where you can begin the process of being successful. If you're not willing to do that, you don't get a complaint. You don't shut up. Because guess what? You're not putting in the effort first. So why are you going to complain to the world that doesn't care anyway? And that's the thing about this. If you're willing to care for you first to show up, to hold your commitments and recognize that you don't get tomorrow, that's how you start to build momentum. Because today, right now, you can make the decision to do the thing that you know you need to do. There's something in your life right now that keeps you awake at night. There's something in your life right now that you know that if you just did it, everything would be different. You're so comfortable with the pain of where you're at that the discomfort of making the decision to have uncertainty in your life for a moment, to have what you believe you can have, has kept you stuck. You've allowed yourself to be okay with where your life is at. Now, look, I want to be very clear. If you're good and you're happy, you're probably not listening to this anyway. <laughs> But if you're not, and you're trying to create change in your life, and you're trying to heal, 
and grow and overcome the past and reclaim your identity and gain confidence and self-awareness and do all the things you dreamed possible. The only way you're going to do that is by facing your fear. There's no other way to do it. You have to face that thing that keeps you awake at night. People ask me all the time. They're like, what's your fear? My fear is on my deathbed. Whenever that might be, it might be in five minutes, might be in 50 more years. I don't know, but it's going to happen. And my biggest fear is in that last, last breath right there, right before it's all over. I'm going to think to myself, I have regrets about not doing the thing I said I'm going to do. And that is a life unlived. And that to me is almost worse than trauma because that means you never actually got to fulfill what you're here to do. That means you never got the opportunity to really be yourself. And the biggest thing that I think people could ever do is just be willing to face that fear. Go look in the mirror, acknowledge it. Yet yeah, we're all scared. I'm scared every day. Every time I get on a podcast, every time I get in my car, every time I eat, look, you're, the, the truth is you could choke to death on a ham sandwich. That's not going to stop you from eating, is it? You could, you could drive off a cliff on the way to your next vacation. That's not going to stop you from driving, is it? You could fall on the treadmill in the gym and hit your head and die instantly. But that ain't going to stop you. So why are you being stuck in this place where you have to make hard decisions? In fact, most of the decisions you need to make today, they're not going to kill you. Probably none of them, right? But you have to be willing to face that. One of my friends, Trent Shelton, says something really beautiful a few years ago, and it stuck with me for a very long time. And he goes, see, fear is simply an acronym. Fear is face everything and rise or face everything and run. And so you got to make a decision. You want to build momentum. You want to build this life. You want to be a person of character who gives a damn about themselves. You're going to have to go look at yourself in the mirror, acknowledge the thing that you are choosing to not address and then address it. Absolutely. And I love this word momentum because it's got this positive connotation to it as well, where it's like, you're going to build this. This is something that adds to it. This gains. I think when you said before about, do you want, do all of these things to show up for yourself to become successful? That means to become somebody who can also enjoy their life. Success in, in your mindset can be a number of different things. It doesn't just have to be, you know, having a great job or things like that. But success is not feeling shit all of the time. You don't have to feel like shit all the time. Life's not supposed to be that depressing. You know, you're not supposed to be upset and traumatized and hurt all of the time. You're supposed to be able to get up, put your feet on the ground and enjoy life. And the work that you have to do though sometimes to get to that point is difficult and it sounds difficult because it is. But the payoff that you get at the end of that when you do put the work in is a life that you can actually fucking enjoy. And I know that because I've experienced that myself as well where I woke up after months and months of trying my hardest and I realized I didn't have crippling depression anymore. And I'm not saying that it's just this, you know, switch of the flick of the switch. It's just by doing this consistently, I had worked to a point where it was not eating away at me every day and I wasn't suicidal anymore. I wasn't 
hating myself anymore. Yeah, but I want to ask you a question because I think this is really important. Why did that happen? I think for because me, you took it took action. Yeah, that's it. It was, but it was also, I think, inaction as well. I was stepping away and stopping doing things that were that were preventing me from getting in certain ways. And th- yeah. one of those things is not showing up for people who weren't showing up for me. And by that's just an going, action, yeah. you made a decision. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. You made a decision. That's what it's about. Yeah. And I think that's it though. And as we both just said before, and to bring it back to this momentum thing, it becomes easier. You know, there's one of my longest standing friends and I have, have kind of separated ways and it's just because we are not on the same wavelength and that's okay. okay. But for us both to move forwards in our lives and be really beneficial in our own lives and to be all of the things that we want to be independently, we need to do that apart. And that's wonderful. It doesn't have to always be traumatic and awful. You learn very quickly showing up for yourself is one of the most greatest feelings in the world. You know, like you've got a really good checklist and you're ticking boxes off and you're getting that feeling and you're like, I'm fucking hot shit. I'm actually doing great. And when you've got that feeling as well, how much easier is it when you take that step back or you have a bump in the road or something like that happens? It doesn't keep you down as long. And I always say, I feel like it's a slingshot for me when something bad happens because it's not shit's not going to stop throwing at you. You're never going to stop having bad things that are occurring in your life or around you. But I always feel like that step back when you're in this place now slingshots you forward further than where you were before because you learn again from what's happened and you learn how to deal with things better. Yeah, and look, you're never going to step you're never going to step back like entirely. You'll have missteps, but you're never going to be back to zero. Doesn't work that way. And and the reason why and I'm uh, congratulations, I'm glad that your life has changed. Like that's amazing. But that only comes from making decisions, hard decisions, difficult decisions, uncomfortable decisions, and then holding yourself accountable to doing the things you say you're going to do. There's no other way to gain confidence in your life. There's no other way to get unstuck. The ultimate way to get rid of inertia is through action. It's that's it. There's no other way. There's nothing else you can do because you're going to have two choices in life. Keep sitting on the couch and fucking complaining or get up and do something about it. And it's not that the days aren't hard. They are hard. It fucking sucks. I wish, I wish we didn't have to be having this conversation right now. I could think of a million things I'd rather be doing, but the reality is it's the truth of the experiences of our lives that lead us to this moment. Then you have to be willing to nakedly look at your inadequacies without judgment, without shame, without guilt, and say, I put myself in this position and I can get myself out and trust that you're able to do it as long as you follow through. And look, it may take you six months to get through it but at least you're moving. I'd rather move a million miles in the wrong direction than stay where I'm at. And that's the thing that people need to take is like, look at your life, make a choice, move forward, but have clarity. What do you want? Like, I think about this a lot. Like when I was depressed, I was very, like, you don't put a gun in your mouth if you're not depressed, period. You don't, it just doesn't happen. I was anxious, having panic attacks. I was 350 pounds getting stoned all day long. You think my life was okay? You think those decisions I was making was making my life better? They weren't. They were taking away from me because I didn't have clarity about who I wanted to be. One of the most important things that you can do is figure out who you are by asking yourself, what are your values? 
What are your values? My values are very simple. Honesty, kindness, leadership, self-actualization, and no excuses. That is how I operate my life. That is how I show up. And people always go, kindness, I'm so surprised. The way you talk is so intense. Yep, because honesty and kindness are not mutually exclusive. It's okay to be honest and to be straight up and to keep it real and for people to be uncomfortable or triggered in that. It's gonna happen. I'm not here to coddle you. I'm not. I'm here to support you and show you the way forward. I'm here to be your coach, not your nanny. I promise you I'm not here for that. And one of the things that I teach people when they're stuck, like when you're at your most stuck, because people will be like, well, how do you get out? This all sounds fucking great. I'm glad this is very rah, rah, but in a very practical sense, how do you get out? How do you move forward? How do you do this? There's a sign in front of me. You can't see it. It says mindset is everything. I wrote it in my book. It's been a moniker of the brand for six years. It's everything that I represent. Mindset is everything. But nobody ever talks about what mindset is, especially in this personal development world. I was like, mindset, mindset, mindset. I'm like, let me teach you what mindset actually means. Mindset is this. What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. The words that you use matter so much. I talked about this in that first book. I said, the words matter. You need to understand the words that you're using with yourself because they are going to dictate everything that's next in your life. And some of you are using words that are so unkind because think about this. They've been embedded in you. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not kind enough. You're a loser. You're fat. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're whatever. That's society's narrative. And yet you're repeating that in your head. If you said something like that to me, I would punch you in the face and you're expecting to be successful. It doesn't work that way. And so here's what you do. I'm going to give you something very practical. You're going to take this thing called a pen. It is the most important tool you will ever discover in the healing journey. Nothing I have discovered has more potency and efficacy than a pen. And you're going to write down what I'm going to tell you. And you're going to convince yourself that this is true. Because once you do, everything about your life will be different. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. Now, why does that matter? Well, because if mindset is everything and mindset means how I think becomes what I speak and what I speak become my actions and my action become my reality, then when I'm faced with difficult decisions that I have to take in my life, I'm going to ask myself, what would a kind person do right now? How would a kind person show up? How would a kind person react? How would a person who is kind take care of themselves? Would they go to the gym? Would they eat right? Would they finish the course that they paid for? Would they do all the things that they needed to do to create change in their life through the scope of kindness? Because when you can adapt that, I promise you, everything in your life will be different. And even I think a lot of people's experiences with mental illness in a sense, like things like anxiety as well, when you're sitting in that mindset and you're literally 
trying to put on a brave face or you're trying really hard and you're looking in the mirror going, I'm such an ugly piece of shit. Nobody's ever going to love me. You're right. How is it? How are you ever going to get out of that spiral where you're trying to even live within two different narratives of two different things? Like this is my outside personality. This is my inside personality. And I think that's where showing up for yourself comes from. And I think that's a really incredible tool and way to think about it. Um, Being kind to yourself and showing up for yourself in that sense is definitely an incredible, like I'm, I'm imagining some specific people that I speak to quite a lot that I'm going to make listen to this because I want them to write it down because I can just see by taking it almost back to that basic of just taking it that step back, write that down because that's what we're all here for, right? Why should you ever live in a life where you're looking in the mirror or you're thinking about certain aspects of yourself and you fucking hate yourself? Yeah. You have to refuse it. That's a boundary you have to have for yourself. I do not allow myself to be unkind to myself ever. I don't. I don't. That doesn't mean I won't learn. That doesn't mean I'm not going to fuck up. I promise you I am. It's coming. The next one probably already happened today. I'm going to get a message tomorrow. So I'm going to be like, oh, you did this. I'm like, great. I learned. That's the truth about life. We hold ourselves to such a high pedestal of perfection of this idea of being this certain way of being this certain person of never having the space for flaws. When I embrace it, I look at, it, I go, yep, I fucked up. Great. What do I need to do to not do it again? Yep. I learned a lesson here. What, how can I apply this to other areas of my life? And I do that through that kindness scope with grace and compassion for myself because I know, I know I'm learning for the first time. Whereas people who have had like good childhoods, they're light years ahead of me when it comes to self-talk of when it comes to showing up for themselves of when it comes to being the hero of their own story. They, they were given the tools. We're learning it in real time as adults 30 years later. And you're like, what? Of course, it's going to be difficult for you to understand and grasp because you haven't done it. But when you're in this place, you're anxious, you're depressed. Kindness, that operation right there, that's a huge factor in it. But so is gratitude. Like sometimes you're just complaining too much and you need to shut up and just look at your life and just be like, what can I be thankful for today? Like if you're listening to this right now, do you know how unbelievably lucky you are? Like it's unreal to me how lucky we are to be here. And yet we want to complain and blame all the time. Like, I feel so fortunate. So for, I'm, I'm happy that that shit happened to me because I wouldn't be able to be here helping hundreds of thousands of people around the world if not. And that'll be millions soon because I was willing to look at this and go, this happened. And look, I get it. Like, I don't believe in fate. I think that's nonsensical, but I look at it and I go, this thing happened. So I'm going to do something with it. You can, I wrote about this in the book. You can own your story. Or your story can own you. It's up to you. Make a decision. You can play the victim all day long. That's easy. I played the victim. And so I know people are going to listen to this and be like, wow, man, you're so intense. You're so harsh. You're so straightforward. But I've been that guy. I'm telling you, your life doesn't turn upside down by accident. And it takes as much energy to create your life as it does to destroy your life. So have a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of grace, a little bit of compassion, a little bit of hope, but you got to pull yourself up out of bed. You got to get up. You got to put those shoes on and get out into the world. You got to do the things you know you need to do, because if you don't, nothing's going to be different. 
Nothing's going to be different until things become different. My therapist told me the most important thing anyone's ever told me about mental health. He says, change only happens when you make change happen. You can't wait. You can't just sit around and be like, I'm fucking depressed. Hopefully it'll go away tomorrow. It ain't. I promise you it's not. It's going to be there. It's going to be there in six months unless you do something about it. And that's not just therapy because I promise you therapy is not enough. I guarantee you it because I already been there. You need to do the things. You need to show up. You need to move your physical body. You need to journal. You need to meditate. You need to get off your fucking phone. You need to stop watching porn. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop hanging out with friends who are taking from you. You need to quit the job that is taking your soul where you're like, oh, I need it because I have good money. So go get more money. It's fine. There's more. It's energy. It exists. You need to do all the things that you promised yourself that you were going to do. Oh, I'm going to go travel the world. I'm going to sit in Paris. I'm going to write a book. Oh, but I have a lease, so I can't shut up. That's an excuse. Break your fucking lease. Go to Paris. Write the book. Like you guys have to understand something so important about life. If you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're sad, if you're lonely, do something about it. Like I know it sounds so crazy and people are like, I'm so depressed. I can't get out of bed. Been there. I promise you I've been there. You've been there too. The only way you get out is through action because inaction is still a decision. And you're going to stay where you are until you choose a different way. Absolutely. And I think one, one, one thing I, I always actually say um, to everyone that comes on this podcast is if you were to provide one piece of advice to somebody going through someone with your situation, what would it be for that person? But I think you've given so much. What I would rephrase like that is everything I've just said, Yeah, everything <laughs> you've just said. But I think for somebody who's in that moment for somebody who's in the pits of depression where where you've been where I've been for somebody who's really finding it difficult do you have something that you would say to them to to be like what would you what would your piece of advice be to somebody who's in the throes of this shit right now do you have something yeah. that you say to somebody who hasn't done any work yet who hasn't started who might be suffering from addiction who might be suffering from suicidal thoughts what would be your one piece that you'd say well, if you're listening to this, then you already started. People are always like, one of the funniest things that happens when I'm coaching people all the time, I can count it like clockwork. It's about week three when I do one-on-ones. It's a little bit longer when I do group. But when I do one-on-ones, people go, man, I can't wait till I really start doing this. I'm like, you've been doing this for three weeks. What are you talking about? You're in it. Be present in it. Acknowledge it. You're here. This is happening. If you made it this far, you're in it. And now it's about doing the same thing that you did. Momentum. It's about the continuation. It's about showing up tomorrow again. So if you're here and you're like, yo, because look, it's it's one day at a time. Why do you think 12 step is so, so efficable? Because it's about one day at a time. It truly is. This whole process is one day at a time because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know today I can show up. Today, I can be here at the end of the week, exhausted on my 30th, literal 30th podcast this week and be like, I'm going to do it anyway because this message matters. You hold yourself accountable. You put one foot in front of the other. You keep going. But most important, you seek community because think about this. Community is everything. You need support, but you need the right support. 
You know, it's like you would never go to a back doctor if there was something wrong with your eyes. I don't even know what a back doctor is called, but you get my point, right? You're like, you would never go to them if you needed to go see an ophthalmologist. That's not how it works. So you need to be in the right community. If you're sitting at home right now, even get on Zoom. Go find a support group on Zoom. I promise they exist. Go find a coach online. I've coached people in, I don't know, 87 countries now. Like we have access to information that gives us a huge one up over our parents, huge one up over the present past generations. You're out of excuses. You got Google do something. And I think that's a really great piece of advice as well that you've already started. I think by even thinking about it, by even considering it, by even acknowledging that there is some change that needs to happen, you've taken one tiny step, but it's getting over that next boundary as well. And there's going to be the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And so in that, just recognizing that learning skills, because skills have utility, putting yourself in a position where you're asking hard questions because the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life and committing first and figuring out the rest later. That's the key. Like those are the magic ingredients. You put that all up into a smoothie, you drink that shit, watch your life be different. It's incredible. And I want to say thank you because it's been such a wonderful conversation to have with you. You're somebody who I've personally looked up to for a very long time. And it's really thrilling to be able to speak to you, to speak to you face to face when I've, I've almost heard your voice in my ears as I'm reading, you know, your books and your posts that resonate so much with me. So thank you so much. How do people get in touch with you or how do people access your book, your podcast and all of the wonderful things that you're doing? Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. So first and foremost, thank you for for the space and for your time. It means the world to me to be here with you today. Um, I'm everywhere online at Michael Unbroken. Um, but go listen to the Think Unbroken podcast. Just search Think Unbroken on iTunes or Spotify or thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. Literally everything I teach is there for free. Absolutely. And I, I can say I was listening and I was absolutely like just in the podcast that you did the other day with about addiction. And I thought that was such an incredible podcast. And I think there are so many people that will resonate with each and every one. And I've really enjoyed also seeing the evolution of your podcast specifically. And I think that's a really good representation of testing and adjusting and things like that. Because I remember when you started it, you were doing these little micro podcasts. I went for like 10 minutes and they were so good, but it's evolved through time. And I think it goes to show that you can change and adapt and move and make things more meaningful or better or you know, whatever. I think it's, you don't have to have the perfect solution right here and right now, but you'll figure it out as you go and figure out what works for you. And I think that's something for me that I just, I admire so much because you, I have seen that evolve and that gave me confidence to say, you know, the platform that I record on, or I don't need this to be perfect. I don't need a $3,000 mic to start. You know, I can start somewhere and evolve as I go. So that's been truly inspirational for me as well. So thank you for, for the podcast for the people you're getting on for talking to these people for bringing light and I want to say this specifically as a man as well who speaks about trauma and the effect that it's had on you it impacts men who listen to you not just men but I think there are so many there is a lack of men that are talking about trauma and mental health and I think that it's proving something to the men of the future generations as well that it's okay to not be okay but let's talk about it let's work through it. And I think that having a man as yourself pushing this forward is an incredible step. And it's going to help so many more men acknowledge that 
Maybe they are the problem because they've got toxic behaviours. Maybe they're creating unsafe environments for themselves and their families. But it's okay, let's talk about it. And that's, I think, an incredible part of it as well. Yeah, well, and I appreciate that. And look, all of this is about the same thing that I've been talking about the whole time. I made a decision. That's it. I made a decision. I committed. I've created momentum. And with that, I just continue to go forward every single day, no matter what. That applies. Like, that's a you see it in practicality. I'm going to say this real quick, and I know we're running out of time, but. You know, when I made my first episode, it was underneath a blanket with a with my cell phone under a desk like four years ago. And and now I don't know, three hundred and fifty thousand people have listened to it. And that comes from commitment. I don't know all the things. I don't know what I hell, I don't know what I'm doing half the days, but I made a decision. And that's the key to life. Decide. Absolutely. And you've done actually a post recently as well. I saw that was you're going to do, if you can, a podcast, are you going to commit to do a podcast a day for the not year? If I can, right? I'm doing it. I you're do not it. negotiate with myself. And you did that. You just so came out of surgery day. as well, didn't you? So you've come out and you're still doing it. You've done. That doesn't, that's not going to stop me. Yeah. I came out of surgery and I sat here and I fucking recorded podcasts, recovering from surgery, not being able to sit here beyond this mic. I made a decision. Yeah. Like, look, there's a lot. I'm going to keep it real with you. There's a lot of fucking people in this space who are bullshitters, who talk a big game, who don't follow through, who have all the ways in the world you can change your life, but they aren't doing it themselves. When I say something, it is done. I do not negotiate with myself ever. Like, that's the key to this. You want what you want to have in life. The only way you're going to get it is by going for it. And I I think we should wrap there because I think it's just such an incredible thing to end on. And I think for people who are listening to this, it is an incredibly important thing that you know that there is so much more out there for you. But the person that is responsible for getting that and starting that and gaining that momentum is you. And you're not alone in it. There are so many people out there and it's not just for support to say, I'm not feeling great right now, but there are so many people out there who are going to lift you up and help be a part of that momentum as well, which I think is something that we haven't had access to in the past as well with the, with the invention of things like Zoom and social support networks and things like that as well. As we sit here together, even you and I, you know, this is a connection that never would have been possible. We're coming to each other from the other side of the world. It's just mind boggling. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michael Unbroken for coming on. I will share all of the links. Please go over and access the Think Unbroken podcast, access the book, go on the website. If you want some coaching, please get in contact and support this work. I'd love to see everyone I know follow and support and rate and review all of the things for the Michael Unbroken network, Think Unbroken. Um, Thank you so much. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you. This content may have been distressing or triggering for some listeners. In Australia, for national crisis support, please contact Lifeline on 131114. For more resources, please see the show notes for this episode.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.